And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about a topic that is very important to you. It's kind of a boring topic. I'm going to be right up front and tell you that what we're going to talk about could be as interesting as watching the paint peel off of your walls. We're going to talk about leasing. Yeah, we're going to talk about leasing. And I could tell everybody just did the happy dance. As soon as I said, yeah, we're going to talk about leasing, everybody just got out of their chair and did the happy dance, right? You're going, oh, this is going to be a terrible show, Al. No, it's not going to be a terrible show because we're actually going to learn a lot of stuff. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of things that go into the, the concept of leasing that are very important for you to understand. There, there, are, there are some things that you have to do absolutely right. There are some things you could get a little bit wrong and still be okay with. And there are some things that if you get it wrong, they could be some very, very bad, wrong things. We're going to get into those things on today's show. And I'm going to walk you through the concept of leasing. Now, there, there are some things that I, I need you to understand right up front, things that you need to avoid when you're leasing a property out. Now, some of you might actually be in the process of leasing. And what I tell you on today's show, you may find out you're doing it absolutely right, or maybe you're making a mistake. And if you're making a mistake, this is an opportunity for you to correct that mistake and do everything absolutely right. Totally fine. Yeah, this is my gift to you. All right. Let's just start off with the big ticket item. You ready? Discrimination. Discrimination. Yeah, I think discrimination is a terrible thing. I am not a fan of discrimination. As a person who has been discriminated against in life, I understand that discrimination is terrible. Discrimination doesn't give you an equal shot like other people get because somebody is holding you back based on whatever they're discriminating about you about. Does that make sense? Boy, that was that was like a circular argument, wasn't it? Okay. So here's the point I want to make on discrimination. You have to 100% avoid it. You cannot refuse to rent to anybody based on their race, their religion, their natural origin, their sex, their familial status, or disability. Those are the six things the United States government says you cannot discriminate concerning rental housing. You, you cannot discriminate against anybody in any of those six areas. Now, here's something that you may not know. You actually can discriminate. Yeah, you just, you have to be very careful on what you choose to discriminate on. For instance, when I'm leasing a property out, one of the classes of people that I do discriminate against are felons. Yeah, you heard me correctly. Felons. People that have done some, some pretty bad things, got in trouble with the law, probably went to prison, probably spent some time in prison. Hopefully they've remediated their life. They've gotten out of prison. Hopefully they're model citizens now, but I won't, I won't rent to them. I won't rent to them. If, if I find when I do a background check on anybody that it comes up that they have a felony, 
it's it's an automatic discrimination for me. Yeah, I treat everybody the same. I treat everybody fairly. So I'm really not discriminating against felons. What I'm saying is I just won't do business with them. And I treat everybody the same way. You're either a felon or you're not. If you're a felon, I won't do business with you. If you're not a felon, then I may do business with you. But there's some other things that I got to take into consideration, which takes me to the next thing that we need to talk about, because I already talked about it. Background checks. Yeah, you have to know what type of background checks to run on people so that you get the information that you need. It is very important for you to perform these background checks on a potential resident to ensure that they have things like a good rental history. They can afford to pay the rent. And like I mentioned before, they don't have a criminal history. Yeah, these are important things to do. Now, the two things that you should be checking are the criminal side. You definitely need to be checking the criminal side. You need to understand who you're getting into business with. The other thing you want to do is you want to run a credit check. A credit check will give you an indication as to whether somebody is a good credit risk. Now you think about it. You're the owner of the property. You're the person that owns that physical asset. You're making that asset available to somebody else that you probably just met. So you've got to use some screening criteria to determine whether or not these people are good risks for your business environment. See, that's what we're doing here when we're backgrounding checking people. We're, we're not trying to eliminate people for the sake of eliminating people. No, but we are eliminating people that don't meet our standards. Now, one of the standards that you need to have, and I'll just go ahead and tell you this right up front, you need to have a income to debt ratio. You need to understand how much money these people make. You need to understand what their debt rating is. And then one of the things that you want to also understand is do they make at least two and a half times the monthly salary in regards to the rent? So in other words, if you're charging $1,500 a month rent for a property, make sure that the individual applying makes at least $4,500 a month. Actually, it's probably closer to about 38 and change because I gave you the 2.5 multiplier. I didn't give you the three times multiplier. Three times multiplier is actually a, a better multiplier, but I've been convinced by my fellow Lifestyles Unlimited members that a two and a half multiplier is, is just as good and just as effective. So I actually changed my screening criteria. I now use a two and a half multiplier and it seems to be working okay now here's another thing that you need to to do when you're considering leasing i'm going to talk to you about ignoring maintenance and repair issues it kind of sounded like i i said something to the effect of ignore maintenance and repairs i i think that's kind of what it sounded like but that's not the point i was trying to make now keep in mind when you're when you're leasing a property out Everything in that property should be in good working condition. And as a landlord, you have a responsibility to maintain the rental property in a safe and habitable condition. And if you ignore any ongoing maintenance or repairs, that could lead to your residents that you found being very unhappy. And when they become unhappy, they stop treating your property as well as they should, they start treating it 
in a different way. They may even consider damaging your property, and it's possible you might even run into legal issues. So how do you, how do you avoid doing all that stuff? Well, you when you buy the property, you buy it the way we teach you to buy it at Lifestyles Unlimited. You find a property that's all jacked up. I mean, there's no other way to ex- explain it. It's, it. You want a jacked up property. You want something that nobody else is interested in buying because it has too many issues to it. But to us, a property with a lot of issues is a potential gold mine because we know how to go in and renovate that property, make it brand new. Well, it's not brand new, but it's like new. When somebody walks into it, they feel like, wow, this is the best property that I've seen compared to all the other properties that I've seen. And it puts your property in a better position, competitive to your competitors. Yeah. And as a result of that, people will compete to get into your property. Now, because you've done things the way Lifestyles Unlimited teaches you to do things, chances are nothing in that property is going to break because you analyzed all the functional systems in that property. You determined whether or not they had a lifespan of at least five years. If they didn't have a lifespan of five years, you fixed it or replaced it, right? So everything is in good working order. This this house should hold up for the next five years. But let's say let's say you put that great resident in, and a month later they give you a call and they say there's a problem. You need to be Johnny on the spot. You need to take care of that problem because here's here's the point. If you're expecting your resident to live up to the terms and conditions of the lease agreement, you yourself need to live up to the terms and agreements of the lease conditions. Yeah, yeah. And if you want them to pay you every month on the first, then you better respond immediately to a request that they have regarding an issue with the property. That is part of being a good landlord. Now, here's here's another thing that, man, I, I, don't, I don't know why people do this, but some people do it. I, I guess there are people out there that, that believe in a, a handshake world, that we're still living in a handshake world. I, I think that world ended 100 years ago. And, and here's the point I want to make. Failing to have a written lease agreement. Yeah. Some pe- now get this. Some landlords out there, they rent to people on a handshake. There's no rent, written lease agreement. The written lease agreement is essential It's essential to protect not only your rights, but the resident's rights. Yes, it is your operating agreement with regards to how things will transact regarding this property. It clearly will state the terms of the tenancy, including the rent to be paid, the amount of the the security deposit, the lease term, and get this, any rules or policies that you have. Now, the lease agreement that I use comes straight from the the apartment association here in Texas. Yeah, all all the properties that I own that I lease out, that I I lease out, okay, there's one. There's one. I lease out one property. But it might change here in the very near future. It's a very, very clear understanding in my limited brain capacity that I may be buying some more single-family assets. And and the reason for buying these more single-family assets is I'm seeing that they're providing me an opportunity in the investment marketplace that I'm not necessarily seeing in the multifamily space. And because I can do both, I am educated on how to do both, I may get back into the single-family space and I may convert my one property into multiple properties. 
And here's what I'm thinking about. I should clear about a hundred grand on this house. That's part of the reason I'm thinking about selling it. I've got too much debt equity in the property. Now I, I could refinance the property, but the problem with refinancing it is that the the cost of the new mortgage would put me into negative cash flow, and I'm not willing to accept negative cash flow. I must have positive cash flow, at least $200 per month. And a refinance would put me at a negative cash flow unless I significantly raise the rents. Now, I'm not interested in raising the rents because I'm interested in selling the property. I just want the resident to move out, move on, and I'm going to take care of business. I'm going to turn one property into potentially five properties. You heard me correctly. Turn one into five. If I have 100000 to work with, that tells me based on approximately $20,000 per property, I can get five. Now, if it costs me $30,000 per property, I'm only going to be able to get three. Will I be disappointed? No. No, I won't. Because if I go that route and I get three, it's, I bought the three that make sense to me. They make sense to me. So when I put those properties into service, I am going to do all the things that I've addressed so far on this radio show. I'm going to avoid discrimination. I'm going to do background checks to check on the people that are interested in renting my property. Once I select the resident for the property, I'm going to make sure that any maintenance or repair issues that do come to the forefront get dealt with immediately because I expect them to pay on the first. They should expect me to take care of their repair requests immediately. Now, I have a written lease agreement. I just told you my, my lease agreement comes from the uh, Texas Apartment Association. It is written by some very, very sharp people that do that on, on behalf of the, the apartment industry. And some of you are thinking, wait a minute, Al, hold on, time out, time out. You just said you get your lease from the apartment industry. How can you use that on single family houses? Because I can. Because I can. It, it doesn't matter what the unit type is. It doesn't matter if it's a unit in an apartment community or a unit in a single family house. It's still a unit that I'm leasing out. And the thing I like about the apartment association lease, it is very comprehensive. And if they find a chink in the armor, so to speak, they go to work to correct those deficiencies in the lease so that we have a very, very effective lease document. Now, something else that you need to avoid when you're leasing out your rental properties is not enforcing the lease policies. Yeah, there, believe it or not, there are people that will go right to the length that I just told you you need to go to. They'll, they'll have that apartment association lease in place and they won't enforce the policies that are written into the lease. Now, think about it. Once you've written the lease agreement, you have to enforce its policies consistently. You heard me correctly, consistently. That means rent payments. Rent payments need to be on time. If they're not on time, you have to let them know they're not on time. Noise restrictions, pet policies, all these things need to be addressed. If you don't do it, you're a lazy landlord. We come back from the break. I've got more things that we need to talk about. Stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer not because that's the way it's set up, but because of the knowledge. When put into action, knowledge is power. At Lifestyles Unlimited, we empower you to live the lifestyle of your dreams through passive real estate income. 
For over 30 years, our successful members have shared their knowledge through case studies, classes, and mentoring. Tap into that knowledge. Attend a free workshop online. Register now at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And what we're talking about on today's show is we're talking about the the leasing process. What I'm talking about is you have to enforce your leasing process policies, the policies that are in place that are part of your your rent agreement and any addendum that you add to that rent agreement, you have a responsibility to enforce those things. And and things happen in people's lives. Now let's let's be clear about that. Sometimes the first of the month falls on a day that's not, you know, the best day of the week for your resident. Okay. If they don't make it by the third, then there's a late fee that goes into place. If people are racking up late fees like that on my properties, things have gone wrong. Now, before I start the eviction process, one of the things that I will do once I get to day three is I will notify the resident and I will say, hey, by the way, rent was due on the first. Um, It's currently the third. Uh, When you submit your rent payment today, please add the late fee to the rent payment and we'll get this all taken care of. Okay, so what I'm doing is I'm enforcing my policies. You need to enforce the rules and conditions of your lease. I mean, you think about it. If something were to break, if you waited 10 days to get around to fixing, say, an air conditioner in the middle of summer, do you think your resident would be very happy with you? No, they wouldn't be happy with you at all, would they? They would consider you a slumlord because you haven't taken care of the mechanical systems that you said you would take care of as an element of the lease, right? So, It goes both ways. It goes both ways. And things like noise restrictions, maybe you've got in your lease that, hey, no loud noises on the property after 10 p.m. at night. Maybe it's because the property is in an area that's, I don't know, maybe you you abut a, a senior community. I don't know. Maybe there's a reason why you want noise restrictions on your property. The point is, if you're notified that you have a resident that's violating these noise restrictions, you need to do something about it. If you're going to put it in your lease, you need to enforce it. If you find out that they're not complying with what's in the lease, then you need to enforce it. If you fail to enforce it, you're letting them get away with it. Period. End of story. Same thing with pets. Same thing with pets. Now, there are people out there that don't want to pay pet rent. They don't want to pay pet rent, but they want to bring the pets into the property. Now, I am a huge pet lover. I am a massive pet lover. I've got three dogs. I love them all to death. We also got a cat hanging out upstairs. Okay. I love animals, but here's the point I want to make in my rental property. There are rules regarding those animals. As a matter of fact, each animal gets interviewed. Yeah, you heard me correctly. Each animal gets interviewed. I interview them as part of the leasing process. And here's why. There are people that will tell you they have a French bulldog and when you meet the animal, it's actually a pit bull. Yeah, 
And I don't rent to people with pit bulls because pit bulls are considered an aggressive species. And I don't want anything to do with an aggressive species on my property. They just bring nothing but problems. Okay. Now, so what do you do with somebody that say rents the property and then time goes on. And then all of a sudden you find out they've got an animal on the property. Well, you need to enforce the rules in your lease. You need to determine whether or not it's a lease violation and it's so egregious that they need to move out. Or maybe, maybe you could bring it to their attention and say, hey, notice that you have a dog. I don't approve dogs in this lease. However, I do have a program where you you can have the dog interviewed by me. And if the dog is an acceptable dog, I'll allow the dog to be added onto your lease. There is, there is pent rent and there is a security deposit for the animal, but... I'm willing to make accommodations for you. So there's, there's certain things you can and cannot do. Now, keep in mind, when you have an animal that comes onto the property, there are additional potential problems that come with that animal. Infestation. Yeah, that's one of the things that comes to mind. Pets have a tendency to, you know, have things like fleas and ticks and stuff like that, stuff that I don't necessarily want in my property. So if, if people bring these animals into the the unit into the household, if you will, and they don't do what they're supposed to do to take care of these animals, then these animals may infest my property. Now you understand why I'm charging a pent rent and why I've got an additional security deposit for those pets, because there are potential perils that would come by allowing the animals in. Now, here's here's something that happens to non-lifestyles and limited members. It, it happens all the time. When, when you're trying to lease your property out, you put a rent price on that property that is too high. Yeah, what you've effectively done is you've overpriced the rent. So if you set a rent that is too high, it can make it very difficult to find the right residence. Now, keep in mind, if, if you've got a rent of $2,000 on a particular house and people are looking for a house in that particular neighborhood, but they're seeing the competitive properties in similar condition, but they're finding that those similar properties are being offered at, say, $1,800 a month as opposed to $2,000 per month, what do you think those potential residents are going to do? They're going to go to the $1,800 a month property because it makes more financial sense to them. It provides them better value than your property. One of the things that you have to do in order to be a successful lease or as opposed to a leasee, a leasee is somebody that signs the lease. That would be your resident. The leaseor is you. One of the things that you need to do to be an effective lease or is to effectively communicate with the people that live in your property. And good communication is key to your successful relationship between yourself and your resident. Make sure that you respond promptly to any inquiries that your resident has of you. Conversely, you need to be on top of what's in your lease. If somebody violates something in your lease, it doesn't mean you got to like come out of your armchair and pick up the phone and like scream at them like, you know, like they just killed your dog. And sometimes these problems are very, very minor. Sometimes when the resident doesn't pay you on the first of the month, sometimes the reason they didn't pay you on the first of the month is because they're so busy working their butts off in their jobs that they haven't realized that there's a new month here. Check it out. You have a solution. 
Yeah. Hey, bro, I've got the money right here. I didn't know. I'm so sorry. Okay. As long as it's not a recurring problem, can you have a little sympathy on them? Absolutely. And they send it to you immediately. That sounds like to me, somebody that just, well, they got lost in time. Now here's, here's something that it's, man, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the, the legal side. I just don't like talking about the legal side because when you get into the legal side, all of a sudden things become a little bit more difficult when it comes to operating the property. I didn't say impossible. I just said it becomes a little more difficult. I prefer not to get into the legal side, but I will not ignore the legal requirements of the leasing process. I will never ignore the legal requirements. And as a landlord, I must comply. And if you're a landlord too, you must comply with all federal, state, and local laws regarding rental properties. So no matter where your property is located, you have federal law, you have state law, and you probably do have local laws that concern that property and how you're allowed to offer and operate that property in their jurisdictional area. Yeah. And this also includes things like fair housing laws. Now I talked about fair housing laws at the beginning of the the show. You know, you can't, you can't discriminate against anybody based on race, religion, national origin, sex, familial status, or disability. Can't do those things. Do not cross the danger zone on any of those things. Cause I trust me, there are lawyers out there looking for landlords that do this stuff because they want to eat your lunch for you. Yeah. They, they will, they will destroy your life. Don't go into that danger area. The other thing that you need to be cognizant of are your local building codes and any landlord tenant laws that are specific to your geographical location. Okay. And, and some of those landlord tenant laws could have something called Rent controls, rent controls. Now I don't, I don't rent. I don't even own any properties in any place that has rent controls because I think rent controls are terrible. I think they're terrible. I think, I mean, just look at New York city, a place that has rent controls and tell me that works very well for them. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. As a matter of fact, I would prefer to have the natural markets controlling my rents. I like the fact that rents are rising right now. I don't like the reason why rents are rising. Rents are rising now mainly because of all the inflation going on in our country. That inflation has been cooked in to our economy. And as a result, it is, it is pushing rents up. Now, ironically, if you were in a rent control area where you're dealing with a lot of inflation, boy, are you getting squeezed out like crazy? You're getting squeezed because you can't, you can't go above that rent cap, but all the costs are going above the rent cap. Yeah. Crazy stuff. All right. So let me, let me take a step back and let me just address the, the holistic approach to leasing. You ready for this? The holistic approach to it. Just know what you're doing. That's the holistic approach. Know what you're doing. Know what the laws are. Know know how to check the people that are interested in renting your property. Make sure you're taking care of the property. Make sure you've got a written lease. Make sure you're enforcing that lease. Make sure you're not overpricing the property for rent. Make sure you're communicating well and, and make sure you're not ignoring the legal requirements. I mean, that's, that's, that's really the nut 
of the show. That's that's the entire thing. That's it. You could be the squirrel. Come get the nut. Take the nut back to your tree. Chew on it a little bit of while. And when you're done chewing on it, put it in your little squirrel hole and wait for later and then pull it out and chew on it later. Yeah, it's not hard. None of this is hard. Yeah, I know. Okay, I started off the show. I started off the show saying that this is going to be a boring topic. And to be honest with you, in Al's opinion, leasing is kind of boring. But here's the point I want to make. I don't care how boring it is. You can't blow it off. You can't blow off any of the stuff that I've addressed today, because if you blow it off, it will come back to bite you. It will bite you in a way that you don't want to be bitten. And trust me, when they bite, it's going to hurt. It's going to leave marks, probably draw a little blood, and you're not going to be a happy camper. So let's not deal with violating these things. One of the things you could consider when you're looking for people to rent your property, and if you're having a difficulty finding great quality people, maybe you're finding some people that want to rent your property, but they've got something that's showing up maybe on the credit report or something that's showing up on whatever other screening criteria you're using that indicates that they're not that 100% person you're looking for, but they're pretty close. One of the things that you can do for somebody like that is to offer them like a, a second chance program. In other words, what a second chance program is, is, is simply this. You tell them flat out, I'm sorry, I have to turn you down for rental in this property. You don't meet my uh, rental criteria. However, we do have a second chance program and the second chance program is a program that you set up independent of your primary screening where you're willing to take people that maybe have a little ding here or a little ding there, but you think the dings are minor. And what you do to protect yourself is you have them put up maybe an additional security deposit. What am I getting at? Well, my, my perfect resident would put up, say, $1,000, but my person that's got maybe a ding or two, maybe the security deposit for them goes to $2,000, okay? Now, the rent's going to stay the same. I'm not, I'm not charging any differences on the rent. All I'm doing is I'm charging a larger security deposit, and that security deposit is designed to protect me in case something does go wrong or the tenant happens to move out early or they do damage or whatever. Okay, chances are, they're going to get 100% of that security deposit back because what I like to do is I like to find good people, whether they've got a little bit of a ding or not. I want to make clean, functional workforce housing available for them. I want to give them a very outstanding experience as they're renting my property. I want them to pay me on time. I'm going to make sure that I'm taking care of the property as I'm supposed to. I'm going to control the lease and ultimately I'm going to make a lot of money with my rental property. If you want to find out how to do this yourself, go to lifestylesunlimited.com, sign up for a free workshop, and let's get you going. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle.
The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.